This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, family, we're going to get into the message straight away. Won't you just stand with me as we open in prayer? And as you're doing that, I would like to take this opportunity and thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bear for the great privilege and honor it is to be able to minister from this pulpit, and I'm truly grateful for that. Let's bow our heads, and let's hand the service over to the Lord. Precious Father, we just want to thank you once again for this amazing church, for this great opportunity that we can come together as believers and just seek your face and hear from heaven. Lord, we remind ourselves always that without you, we can do nothing. So we thank you that this is your service and that you are speaking through me tonight. I do not trust in my own ability, but totally depend upon you to come and have your way. I pray for every hearer this evening that their ears are open to hear, their heart is ready to receive, and their lives will change as a result of your word. And we promise to give you all the praise for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, family, you may take your seats and greet your neighbor on the way down to your seat. And I trust you are ready for the word of God this evening. I want to encourage you, please, to always take notes if you can. Bring a notepad and a pen. Follow in your Bible if you can. If for whatever reason you've missed out and didn't have those with you, you can go to our CFC app. If you go to the CFC app right at the bottom on the left, you'll see a little thing that says notes. If you click on that, it just gives you a bit of an outline of the message and place for you to fill in. And if you'll do that, I can guarantee you, you'll grow far quicker and faster than those that just sit and listen. So are you ready to grow? Amen. Well, family, we've been going on an amazing journey over this month of January. And as you know, because you're here on Sunday nights, we've been doing a series called Pray First. Pray First, and this is part number four of that. And throughout this journey, we've learned different things about prayer. We learned about how to pray the different types of prayer. If you've joined us on Facebook in the mornings, we've continued with that as well, added some more meat to the bone. We've had prayer meetings here on Tuesday night with Apostle Theo, prayer meetings here on Saturday mornings. Can you think and say that we are really serious about prayer? We are, amen. Why? Because prayer is so important. And so now we've come to the end of 21 days of prayer. For those of you that were praying and fasting, well done to you, good job. You know, I know somebody, I was saying this morning, I know somebody that hasn't eaten anything in 21 days. Just water. I'm so proud of them. And I'm sure there's others like that. Well done to you. You can believe God for great breakthrough. So we as a church love to set you up for success. So we start our year on prayer and fasting. And so now that we've come to the end of these 21 days, what's next? What do you do with everything that you've learned? Well, quite simply, this is the subtitle to this message this evening. This is part number four of Pray First. And the subtitle is simply this, keep on praying. <laughs> keep on praying. Take what you've learned and just apply it and keep on praying. You see, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, the Word of God says the following. It says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So can you see this is just not a once-off thing? Pray on all occasions, it goes on to say, with all kinds of prayers and requests. So yeah, we can see there's different types of prayers and requests, right? And you've learned that. There's the prayer of faith, or there's a prayer of petition, or, or all the different types. We've learned about the JBS prayer, tabernacle, use those examples of how to pray. We've covered so many things, and yeah, the Bible is saying that. It goes on to say this, with this in mind, in other words, with all these types of prayers and requests, be alert, and always, say with me together, keep on praying. 
And that's what we want to encourage you to do, is prayer shouldn't be an occasion, now that we're doing it for 21 days, okay, we all pray. Prayer should be something that we live with every day of our life. It should be something that's continuous. It should be a good, godly habit within our lives. And so family, with that in mind tonight, I just wanna simply give you five practical things that you can do to ensure that you keep on praying. Five practical things that'll help you in your prayer life, that you will have a successful prayer life each and every day of your life. So if you're a note taker, I want you to write these five things down. If you're not a note taker, I want you to write these five things down. <laughs> Important that you write notes and, and take this down. So we're gonna get straight into it. And as I say, they're practical things, and maybe you know them, but there might be some here that are new in the Lord, and they're still developing a prayer life, and they're still trying to figure out how to pray effectively. And so we're gonna give you some simple practical steps that'll help you to be effective in your prayer life. So the first one is this. First one, number one is continue to make prayer a priority. Continue to make prayer a priority. On the first Sunday night that we started this, Pastor Jenny taught the message, and she spoke about first things first, God first. I don't know if you remember that. And it's important that we make sure that we put the things that are important in our life first. And things like prayer are definitely important, amen? I mean, this church is birthed on prayer. Apostle Fia and Dr. Bev are massive prayers. As you can see, he's leading us Tuesday nights in prayer, live from San Antonio. That must tell you how important this is, that he's willing to get up early in the morning there to meet us here in the evening and lead us in prayer. So prayer is super important. It must be a priority in your life. Look what David said in Psalm 5 verse 3. He said this, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. Can you see that? It's in the morning. He gets up in the morning and he starts his day with prayer. Now let me just stop there for a second and say to many of you, you might say, well, pastor, that's quite, it's not possible for me to pray in the morning. I might work shifts or, or my job requires me to be up very early to start my job. Now we're not gonna be religious and say, if you don't pray in the morning, your prayer life's not effective. I'm not saying that. But I want us to always make sure that prayer's a priority. And if you can, I would suggest Highly suggest, start your day with prayer. Give God the first part of your day and seek him and pray. David said that. He said, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. So we can see, yeah, David did that. He was a man that got up and prayed early in the morning. You'll see later that Jesus did the same thing. It's a great day, uh, thing to start your day in prayer. Go to God. I mean, if you can set it up that way, just think how awesome your day is going to be if you can start it off with the Lord. And so yeah, that's what David says. David said we should get up early in the morning and pray. Look what Paul says. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, he says, pray continually. Not just in the morning, but pray continually. You see, family, we don't want our prayer life to be, well, I've prayed now, I've done my morning thing, tick the box and it's done. I'll pick up with you tomorrow morning again, Lord. That's not a relationship, right? So yeah, Paul is saying we should pray continually. You might be looking at me and say, well, how's that even possible? How's it possible for me to pray continually? I can't pray continually simply because I'm at school. I'm in the office. My job doesn't have a place for me where I can just pray. I'm working with people all the time. So it's not possible for me to pray continually. Well, let me just help you a little bit with this. How many of you have got a cell phone? 
You in church? No lying? All hands up, please. <laughs> okay. You have a cell phone. How many of you have ever sent an SMS to somebody? Or a WhatsApp? Or whatever the message systems you use? You've all done that, right? So you pick up your phone, you send a text message to your friend. Hey, how's it going? How's your day? Or perhaps if you're married, you send a text to your message to your wife. Hey, love you. I'm leaving the office now on my way home. She'll text you back. Okay, looking forward to have you home. Supper's on the go. And you just send short little messages to, to people all day long, right? That's what you can do when you speak to God. Just when you're in the office. Maybe you're going into a meeting. And it might be a little bit of a difficult meeting. You can just say, you can just stop before you go and say, Lord, I really need your help now going into this challenging meeting. That's like a little quick text message. When you come out of the meeting, you say, God, thank you, that went well. Or it didn't quite go the way I expected it to, but I know you're with me, and we're going to sort it out, amen? Or perhaps you just got a difficult task you have to accomplish. Maybe it's really a big project you're busy with. You can just quickly just call on the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going into this part of the project now, and I just need your wisdom on how to deal with this. You can do that continually throughout the day, amen? That's how you can continue to be in communion with God. So the question I want to ask you then this evening, making prayer a priority, is this. What would I have to rearrange to make prayer a priority? What are the things in your life you'll have to change in order perhaps to maybe pray first in the morning? To be able to make sure that you have this continual relationship with the Lord throughout the day. Well, one of them is perhaps just an example, a simple thing, is maybe just get to bed a little bit earlier in the evening so you can wake up a little bit early in the morning and pray. Instead of watching 772 episodes of your favorite, just do 650 and get to bed a bit earlier. Amen? Just make a priority. Show God you mean business. Maybe it's as simple as that. Maybe it's something else you have to do. But you have to answer that question, is what do I have to rearrange that I can make prayer priority in my life? And we have to do that. It's amazing how we can make arrangements when we're going on a holiday. We can plan all those things. Or we're making arrangements because we want to get our favorite car we've been saving up. We can do all those plans. We can get all those things going. We can go to bed very early when we know we're waking up at four in the morning to drive to our holiday place. We should do that for prayer, amen? Make it a priority, family. The second practical thing that we can focus on in order to have a good prayer life is this. Find a dedicated place to pray. Find a dedicated place to pray. Now, you might say, well, that's difficult for me again because I live in a small home. I don't have maybe other rooms I can go to. It might just be a spot in that room. On a chair, you can sit when you pray. Look what it says here with Jesus in um, Mark 1.35. This is all about Jesus, and it says, Very early in the morning, there's the first things first. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus had a spot where he went to. He went somewhere to pray. And I want to encourage you to have a place that you can go to pray. Okay? I want to, in fact, urge you, don't just get up and walk around and get distracted. Have a place that you can go to pray to. As I said, maybe you don't have a, a, a room or a, or a different place to go to, but maybe you can just sit on a chair in your lounge, and that's your spot every morning. You see, I like to do that. When I get up in the morning, I go into my lounge, I sit there in the lounge, and that's where I pray every morning. Same place even in the chair. I'm just very structured, so that's me. But I sit on the same chair every morning, the same place. That's me. I go there to meet with Jesus. 
You know, we all have our favorites. We have our favorite place we want to go for on holiday. We have a favorite restaurant we like to go to. We have all these favorite places. You should have a place that you meet with the Lord with every morning. You should have that place, you see. So what place, the next question is, what place would be most conducive for you or for me to pray effectively? As I say for me, I like a quiet spot. That's just me. I don't want distraction, so I go where it's quiet. I sit in a place where there's nobody else because I don't want to be distracted. I don't want other things to draw me away when I'm praying. I don't want to hear my phone buzzing because your Facebook friends are up early. <laughs> okay, so I don't do that. I just have a spot that I go to. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Maybe you're a person that says, you know, uh, I'm a bit of a social butterfly. I battle to pray by myself. Maybe that's you, okay? Well then, perhaps then, if you're battling in that area, commit yourself to pray with a friend. So are you willing to wake up early in the morning and meet me, and we'll pray together? Because some people just need people to pray with. I've got a better one. Join a prayer group here at Christian Family Church and pray together with them, amen? And so we need to make a decision, find a spot, find a place that we can meet with Jesus because this is part of our priority walk with him. The third practical thing for you to focus on is this. Have a plan for prayer. Have a plan for prayer. Too many people wake up and they just, well, I don't know what we're gonna do. Let's just see how this goes. <laughs> There's nothing, no structured plan. Now, we've helped you with that, yeah, Christian Family Church, and it's still available. If you go onto our website, we have our Prayer First booklet. Obviously, it's an electronic one that you can download. And in this Prayer First booklet is different plans that help you to pray. We've helped you with that throughout this month. For example, we've spoken about uh, tabernacle prayer. There's a structure there that helps you to have a plan when you pray. You enter his gates with thanksgiving. So you start off by thanking the Lord. Thank you, Father. I'm so grateful for everything you do in my life. That's what I do. The first thing I do is I thank the Lord. I spend time just thanking Him. Then I enter His courts with praise, and I worship Him, and I praise Him. I don't ask Him for anything. I'm just grateful to God for who He is in my life. And I'm saying, those are plans, and we've given you different types. We spoke about the Lord's Prayer. Who remembers watching the Lord's Prayer when we did it on Facebook? We all know the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, you know that one, hallowed be your name. Well, if you use that as a prayer plan, you start off by saying, our Father, he's my Father. Father, I love you. You're my God. I really love you. Amen. And you go on to say, hallowed be your name. I just worship you. I'm so grateful for what you do in my life. Can you see that? There's a plan in prayer. Don't just get up and wonder what is it going to be. So we're helping you to have an effective prayer life. And there's different ones in here. We've covered many different types in this. So have a plan when you go into prayer. So the question then, which I would then have to ask you, well, let me first speak to you, share this verse with you, very powerful portion of scripture, in fact, found in Luke 11 from verse one. Listen to this. It says, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Now, let's just push pause there for a minute. His disciples were Jewish young men, right? Okay. If you were a Jewish young man, you couldn't have a bar mitzvah if you didn't pray. <laughs> it's not that they didn't know about prayer. They did know about prayer. But when they saw Jesus praying, this was different. You, you're praying different to the way I know how to pray. 
I want to learn what you know about prayer. That's what they're saying. Look what it goes on to say, okay? Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Notice he didn't say, this is what you should pray. He said, this is how you should pray. Jesus gave them a prayer plan of how to pray, not what to pray. They knew if they wanted to pray for health, they knew they had to pray for health. If they wanted to pray for a job, they knew they could pray for a job. But Jesus saying, this is how you should pray. And so the question we ask you then is, what plan makes prayer easy, interesting, and effective? What plan will work for you? I like the gratitude worshiping start to my prayer life. That's just what works for me. I love doing that. Just spending time, just worshiping the Lord, thanking Him. I'm grateful. There's much to be grateful for in this world, amen? You might say, yeah, there's a lot of issues, but hey, you're here today. You're not fighting for your life in a hospital. You can be grateful for that, amen? And there's many things to be grateful for, so I love to start my prayer time like that every morning. Have a plan, family. Have a plan that helps you have a structured prayer life because then you'll start enjoying your prayer time, and if you enjoy it, you stay longer. That's the key. So the third thing is to remember to have a plan when you're going to prayer. The fourth one is one that a lot of people need to learn on. The fourth one is this. Pray with energy and power. Pray with energy and power. And here's the challenge, church. Most people have been taught incorrectly. Most people over the years have been taught incorrectly. Whenever it comes to prayer, you'll often hear people say this. It's time to pray. Shh, quiet. Where are we going to pray? Shh, shh. Remember if you would drive through our town, I haven't seen it for a while, and you would drive past the church, there'd be a little sign that says, Stultekerk, quiet church. Where does that come from? Not from the Bible. Because my Bible says, make a joyful noise. Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Amen? That's what my Bible says and tells me that when I pray, my prayer must have energy. Listen, why is your prayer full of energy? Because you pray from a point of victory. You know God's going to hear and He's going to answer. You don't have to, oh, I wonder, oh, Lord. I want to say to you, when you're going to pray, take your sports fan voice to pray. You know your sports fan? Come on, yeah, we're going to score the goal. The guy's not even at the goal yet. Yeah, we scream. He hasn't even scored a goal. We're shouting. Then when he scores a goal, the whole world comes to an end, right? Take your sports prayer voice, uh, your sports voice to pray. Maybe you should take your prayer voice to sport and go, wow, he's going to score a goal now. Shh, shh, shh. No noise. Let's listen. Shh, shh, shh. Oh, hey. Scored a goal. Hey? Maybe you should do that. No, we need to have energy when we pray, family. Be excited about prayer. Prayer is exciting. I mean, listen to this. James 5, 16 The second half of the verse says this. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective, fervent prayer. Do you know those words, effective, fervent, is actually one word in the Greek. And that word is energeo, where we get the word energy. That's actually what that word is. And if you look up the word fervent in the dictionary, it says this, passionate intensity. Passionate intensity. In other words, soccer voice prayer. <laughs> Rugby voice prayer. <laughs> okay. Passionate intensity when we pray. Because God is listening and he will answer. Amen. He's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind. You can pray and be excited. 
because he's going to answer your prayer. I love how the Amplified puts it. Listen to this. Amplified, same portion of Scripture says this. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. That word dynamic comes from the Greek word dunamis, which means force and power. That's what it means. It means force and power. And if you look up the definition out of your favorite dictionary, the word dynamic, listen to this, it says this, dynamic is a force or factor that controls or influences a process of growth, change, interaction, or activity. Doesn't that sound like what your prayers do? Your prayers cause some, a force factor that controls or influences a process of growth, change, interaction, activity. That's what your prayers do when you pray with power, believing God's gonna answer and hear your prayers. So we need to change and break that mold of quiet when we pray. Because some of us don't even say anything. We've been taught just to do this when we pray. And God's going, what must I do for you? He's leaning down because you're not saying anything. Come on, family. We can be excited about prayer, amen? I mean, we know how to worship God in this church, amen? So let's pray with passion. Let's pray with vigor. Let's pray with intensity. And so the question then that you need to ask or want to ask is, what hurdle will I have to overcome to make prayer a powerful experience? What is the thing you have to overcome? Maybe you say, but I'm just a shy and, 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 and an introverted person. Well, perhaps you then should find a time where you're at home alone, put on some praise and worship, turn it up, and pray to the same level of your music, just to break the mold. Or once again, join us on a prayer Tuesday night when all of us are praying out aloud, and you'll feel comfortable and you'll slip right in. Join a prayer group when everybody's praying out aloud. Just start doing that. And family, I want to tell you, if you believe that God's going to answer your prayer, you'll pray differently. You'll pray with energy, you'll know he's gonna do it. Just like you can see your favorite sports star running with this leather thing in his hand and no one's stopping him and he is gonna score the try. You know it's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna stop him. You're super excited, amen? Well, the same thing is in prayer. God's gonna answer your prayer. He's gonna, if you're passionate about it. So I wanna encourage you, pray with energy and power. And then the fifth one is this. Number five is relate to the persons of prayer. What does that mean? relate to the persons of prayer. Well, I wanna help you in your prayer life because there are persons in prayer and the persons are the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Those are the persons of prayer. And we need to know this, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they have emotions and they have personality. Did you know that? They have emotions and they have personality. God is not some faceless giant in the sky. He's not just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not that. He has, he has emotions. Read your Bible. The Bible says this. The Bible says that he's slow to anger. He's rich in love. He's a jealous God. Those are some emotions, right? And so he has them. So when you pray, focus on the persons of prayer. Now, I want to read a portion of Scripture in 2 Corinthians, which I believe will show us some of these personalities. And I'm going to read it to you from the message translation. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 says this. It says this. The amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate 
friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. So there's just an example. This shows the three relationships, and I believe in the right order when it comes to prayer, when it comes to prayer. You might say, why is that? Well, as you notice, it starts off by saying the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ. Well, friends, you don't get to the Father unless you come through Jesus. The Bible says that. And if it wasn't for Jesus going, the Holy Spirit wouldn't be here. So you have to go through Jesus. And this is uh, uh, what this portion of, uh, of Scripture says. So when you're praying, you can, this can help you when you focus on the persons of prayer in the following way. The first one is focus on the cross of Jesus, which is grace. So when you're praying, you can just say, I'm so grateful, Father, for the cross. I'm so grateful for your mercy and your grace. If it wasn't for your grace, I would never get to know you. Focus on the price that was paid, the persons. The second one, for example, is to focus on the Father, on the submission of the Father. In other words, the amazing love of the Father. You see, family, when you go to God in prayer, you can say, God, God, I know you love me. I know you love me because you showed me by sending Jesus. And so you can, then you can say, because I know you love me, I trust you. I completely give my life to you. I know you're not going to do anything that's going to harm me. I know you love me. And then obviously we can focus on the communion with the Holy Spirit, that friendship, knowing that he's a friend. You see, when Jesus said, I must go and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. You know, the Amplified says this, I'm going to send you, the Holy Spirit is going to take my place. That's what the Amplified says. What did Jesus do with his disciples? He walked with them. He talked with them. He had a relationship with them, didn't he? He helped them. So Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is going to take my place. He's going to do what I did with the disciples for everybody who's a believer. That's friendship. So you, in your prayer time, you can focus and say, Holy Spirit, I'm so grateful that you're with me. You're, you're guiding me. You're leading me. You're telling me things to come. I'm so grateful that I have a friend like you. So you focus on the persons on, of prayer. Amen? And so I want to encourage you in that. Remember the five Ps of prayer. Priority is make prayer priority. Secondly, have a place where you go to when you pray. Have a plan. How am I going to pray? What's my prayer life going to be like? Pray with power. Remember sports fan voice. <laughs> pray with power. And remember the persons of prayer when you're going to pray. But I want you to know something else. We've been covering prayer a lot here over this month. And in fact, while Sophia has been taking us on a journey of prayer for over the last year, if you'll remember, many uh, uh, messages on prayer. I want you to know that as a staff, we pray for you. We pray for the members of this church. Apostle Thea and Dr. Bev pray for the members of this church every day. They pray for you. We pray for you because in our mind, you're the best congregation in the world. You're the best family in the world. We love you and we pray for you. I want you to know that we really do pray for you as members every single day you're covered in prayer at Christian Family Church. And we pray a prayer like Paul prayed. And I want to read this to you because this is the prayer we pray for you. On many occasions, we use this translation or this portion of Scripture. And it's found in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. And listen to what it says. Paul says this, I have not stopped giving thanks for you and we do that. We thank the Lord for this amazing congregation. We really do. He's such an awesome family. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, 
remembering you in my prayers. We remember you in our prayers. Look what he says here in verse 17, and this is what we do for you. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why is that important? Why do you need a spirit of wisdom and revelation? Have you ever thought about that? So we pray that you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Look what it says in the next words, so that. In other words, we pray that you have wisdom and revelation so that the following things will happen in your life. And there's four things in this portion of scripture. The first one is this. We pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know God better. We pray for you to know God. Every single time we lift you up in prayer, we pray that you may know him intimately. You see, Matthew 7, 21 and 23 says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And then it goes on to this, to say, say Jesus says, I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Family, look at me. Jesus is coming back. And you need to be ready. You need to be ready. Have you just looked at the world around us at the moment? We're close. We're close to the return of our Lord and Savior. And we pray that you as a church will know him better, that you'll come to know God. That's our prayer. It goes on to say this in verse 18. I pray also, in other words, we pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. What does that mean, the eyes of your heart? Well, the real you is the spirit you, right? I haven't got time to teach on it. There are amazing teachings from Apostle Theo on that, that the real you is your spirit being, not your flesh. And your spirit man or your heart, you've been through stuff in your life, right? Your spiritual uh, man has seen things. You've been hurt. You've been disappointed. You've been let down. Some of you have gone through horrific things. I know that. Really heartbreaking, horrific things. And so your hearts really have been trampled down. And your spiritual eyes have seen things, been through some challenging things. And we pray that your heart be enlightened. In other words, be lifted up, be set free. Our praise that you may experience real freedom over the issues that hold you back from God's best. We want you to let go of your yesterday so you can grab hold of your tomorrow. Because you can't successfully grab hold of tomorrow if you're still holding on to your hurts and pains of yesterday. So our praise that you truly find freedom. And you cannot do that alone, church. You see, James 5.16 says this, therefore, confess your sins to each other. In other words, have people around that you can speak with. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We need each other. And you don't find freedom by yourself because real life change happens in the context of relationships. That's how real life change happens. So we pray that you find freedom, that, that, that heaviness in your heart is set free completely. Why is that important? Look at the next portion. In order, you need to be set free. You need, you need your yesterdays to be taken care of in order that you may know the hope to which God has called you. Do you know God has a plan for your life? You're not here by accident. Don't think because of the way you got here. Might not have been what you might think, well, that wasn't God's way. But God has a plan for your life. You're not just drifting here, Kesara, Sarah. God has a plan. You need to know what that plan is. And church, we pray for you to discover that plan.
You see, we pray that you can see God's perfect plan for your life. Because Romans 12, 6 says this. We have different gifts. You have a gift whether you realize it or not. You have it. It says we all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And we want you to discover that. What is your plan? Now, our prayer is that you will discover that plan. And if you don't know how to, we invite you to join us on Growth Track so that you can figure out why do I like the things that I like? Why do I do the things that I do? Have you ever considered because God's made you that way for His purpose? Have you ever thought about that? You, you might be an introverted person and you see these extroverted Christians and you think, yo, those guys are loud, eh? But maybe God's called them to be an evangelist. That's why they're loud. You wonder why the loud guys will say, yeah, those guys are so quiet, eh? They're always so just reserved. Maybe God's called them to be a counselor and they just need that calm approach with people. Have you ever thought about that? Well, if you'll accept the prayer we pray for you, and discover what God's plan is for you, then you can have your inheritance. It goes on to say that. If you can discover this hope to which he's called you, <clears throat> then there is a, a rich, glorious inheritance for you, his people. Do you know that God has an inheritance for you? Do you know what's the, the most important thing to God? People. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. It's great that we have all the blessings, that's wonderful, but really, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And we want you to know your plan. Because when you know what God has gifted you to do, then you can make a difference in the lives of people. And family, that's the best inheritance. That's the best thing you can do is to know. I've, I've impacted somebody's life. So we pray that you would find your place right here at our church with this amazing team so that you can make any dif uh, difference and experience a real life. Because John 15, 8 says this. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And so church, we pray for you, this, that you will know God, that you will find freedom, that you'll discover your purpose, and ultimately with that, make a difference, amen, for His glory. We want you to know that. We love you and appreciate you, amen. So now that we know about prayer, we want you to keep on praying. And just in case you might forget, then we've got these little pray first bangles. <laughs> and if you have not got one yet, go out to the welcome center after the service and get one and wear it. It's not to show other people, look, I pray first. No, it's to tell you, pray first. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's for. It's to remind you what to do. So we encourage you to do that. So I would like you just to bow your heads. I want to pray a prayer over you first in, rely, in line of this. So just bow your heads and just receive this from the Lord. Precious Father, we thank you so much that you've given us this amazing family. We walk together as brothers and sisters in the Lord. We are so grateful. And Lord, I pray for every person here, wherever they find themselves in their prayer life, my prayer is, Lord God, that you'll keep on drawing them closer, that they'll take new and next steps, that they'll experience you in a deeper and greater way, that their prayer life will just grow and increase, grow and increase. I pray that they will just remember the five Ps of prayer. Remember that they are part of an amazing family. And I ask right now, Father, for your anointing to just fall upon them. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. 
as we are sitting here this evening and we've gone through this amazing series on prayer, perhaps you are sitting here and you're saying, well, that's wonderful. You've taught on prayer and um, I've perhaps listened to some of these parts of prayer, but I don't know the God that you're praying to. I really don't know Jesus. Maybe that's you here today or you online. You say, I don't know Jesus. I've, I've never made him Lord of my life. Well, friend, I want to pray for you this evening that you can know about this amazing God of love that we talk about, this amazing Father that we pray to. If you've never prayed a prayer to make Jesus Lord of your life, well, I want to pray with you now. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And I'm not going to embarrass you, friend. I'm not asking you to come up here. I'm not going down to where you are. But in a moment, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I'm going to ask you in a little while just to slip your hand up so that I can see it. And I'll pray a prayer with you and you can know this God of love that we talk so much about. Or perhaps you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know, I, I once served the Lord and I was in a relationship with Him, but things just happened and I drifted away. I'm not serving Him the way that I used to. Well, friend, if you'll allow me to include you in this prayer, then you can come back into that amazing relationship that you once had and believe God for it to get even better. And then my third and final request is to anybody that's sitting here or is, or is online says, you know, I don't know what's going to happen to me when I breathe my last. I don't know if I'll make it to heaven. I don't know if I'll slip into the flames of hell. I just don't know. Well, friend, please, don't leave here without that question being answered. Allow me to pray for you as well. If you'll raise your hand with the others in a moment, I'll include you in this prayer, and you can know for sure that heaven is your home and that God is your loving Father. So at the count of three, when I get to three, if you want prayer to come to Jesus for the first time, come back to Him to renew your relationship, or know for sure that heaven is your home. Won't you raise your hand now? One, two, three. Just lower it above your head. High above your head. God bless you, sir. Just keep your hand above your head so I can see it. Just show me if there's any at the back there. I can't see. God bless you. Well done. Great decision. God bless you. Awesome. Wonderful, wonderful. See anybody else? Can't see from here. Just keep your hand up. A worker from the church is going to slip over and just place their hand on your shoulder. If you're in the other venues, you can do exactly the same thing. There's somebody there to pray with you. And if you want light, just raise your hand as a sign saying, I want you to pray that prayer with me and I'll pray with you. Is there anybody else before we pray? Okay, let's pray. I'm gonna ask everybody here tonight, everybody to pray this prayer with me, but especially those that have raised their hands. Let's pray this prayer together. Say this, dear heavenly father, I come to you tonight just as I am. I need a savior. I decree and declare that I receive you, Lord, as my God, according to your word, which says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe that he was raised from the dead, we shall be saved. I decree and declare that tonight. I choose to forgive every person who has hurt me or offended me. And I thank you for strengthening me now on this new journey. I am grateful to be part of your loving family. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. We are so proud of you. Well done, well done. Come on, be excited, family. You had a sports match now. Come on, you can be excited a little bit about those decisions. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 